Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the final hour is here. Friday edition as well to get you ready for the football weekend. Crew is all here. Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Quick baseball update. Major League Baseball wild card series opening today with all the, the three-game series in one park. The home team, the Guardians, won earlier today over like Tampa that. Bay. like that very much. St. I want the Louis, Guardians. Paul, is leading Philadelphia right now. 2-0 Cardinals, top of the ninth. But we got some drama. Phillies have runners on first and second with only one out in the top of the night, trailing by two runs. And Seattle hits a three-run home run in the first inning. They lead Toronto three to nothing, top of the third. The nightcap tonight, a good one. Padres at City Field to take on the New York Mets. Who's got a better chance against the Astros, Seattle or Toronto? I would guess Seattle. Yeah, I was going to say Seattle just because of the Youth. momentum and the uh, the energy I, behind this whole run. I put a parlay on just the four home teams to win. Just. And you'll miss by one. Because this is the first time this has happened. I'm thinking, hey, there's going to be something that happens just in every game. So maybe just all the home teams will win. Right now, I am leading. Well, I won the first one, leading the second one. But Seattle's up 3 nothing uh. on Toronto. And I told Hutton, he asked me, which one are you most concerned about? I said, probably Toronto winning at home over Seattle. If I had to pick one I'm most worried about. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can live bet right now on these games. You can also get future wagers uh, for the NFL, college football, and more. That's outkick.com slash bet. We say hello to Glenn Gilbo, who joins us from outkick.com in Baton Rouge as he gets ready for LSU in Tennessee tomorrow. Uh, Early kickoff uh, for the Tigers, Glenn, and uh, great to have you back on the show. We, We say that factors in to this matchup. Had this been under the lights... There's a different vibe and energy to kick off. Well, yeah, yeah, there, there would be for sure. Uh, but LSU hasn't done well at night in, in recent years. Uh, and uh, Tennessee actually won the last night game against, uh, against LSU here back in 2006. But um, I think the LSU fans would be much more excited if it, if it was a night game. They feel like they have more of a chance, even, even if they don't. But I'm actually going to be at the Alabama-Texas A&M game. Okay. I'm leaving from that game uh, tomorrow. But this is a huge game uh, tomorrow night in Baton Rouge. Trey Wallace will be uh, on hand for that game. What have you seen, Glenn, from LSU since that opening loss? You know, they stubbed their toe against Florida State to start the season. Uh, but here's LSU, 2-0 and in the SEC right now, getting ready to host Tennessee. Have you seen a good bit of improvement from this team in Brian Kelly's first year since that first game? Well – the offense has has some problems, but the most impressive thing about LSU so far was their defensive game against Mississippi State. The way they handled Will Rogers, I mean, Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers had his worst game in two years. Matt House, the defensive coordinator at LSU, really had him just off balance the whole game, and you usually don't see Will like that, and you haven't seen him before 
or since. So if he can do something similar to uh, Hendon Hooker in Tennessee's offense, which is the best in the country, you know, LSU is going to have a chance because LSU is definitely going to score uh, because Tennessee's defense, pass defense is terrible. They're like 115th out of 121 schools. Uh, so, you know, if they get into a scoring fest, my, my money's on Tennessee unless Matt House can work some magic. Jaden Daniels uh, has been a little reluctant to, to open it up, throw deep, take risks, it seems like. Why do you think that is? And uh, and if and when he does so, what, what kind of odds of success do you give him? Well, this would be the, the perfect week for him to just unleash it and, and, and throw caution to the wind because, as I said, Tennessee's pass defense has just not done the job this season. You know, maybe it's not a priority because they score so much, but if you remember Florida, they couldn't stop Florida, but Tennessee had a lead and they controlled the game. But I don't know. I think Daniels is, has been overly cautious for whatever reason. Uh, he likes to run the ball. He's their best rusher. He's their leading rusher. But it is odd to hear a coach say, hey, take some chances. Be more aggressive. Because he doesn't have to say that to the backup quarterback, Garrett Nussmeyer. He has no problem just flinging it. So that, that was kind of rare for a coach to come out and say, hey, we need, we need you to throw more. We need you to thread the needle, and if you throw a couple of interceptions, fine. I mean, he was almost critical of Jaden Daniels for not having any interceptions. Kind of like in basketball, if you're not committing a couple of fouls, you're not playing aggressive D. Uh, so I, I think we may see a new Jaden Daniels in this game against Tennessee. Glenn Gilbo, our guest from Outkick.com, covering the SEC. He'll be covering A&M and Bama. And uh, Trey Wallace will be in Baton Rouge tomorrow, swapping spots with Glenn on LSU and Tennessee. Uh, Glenn, how would you describe the the year so far for Brian Kelly versus expectations and just the buzz with what he's done through the first month and five weeks of the season to this point against the opponents that we faced and what's ahead of him? I'd say it's kind of so-so, really. I mean, because he lost that big opener at Florida State. He did not look good in that game. Now, Florida State's been better since then. They've only lost one game all season. So that loss doesn't look that bad. But, you know, the, the offense at LSU, I mean, they only threw for 85 yards last week. They only threw for five yards in the second half. And they and they beat Auburn, which is one of the worst teams in the SEC. So, so that did not look good. So, you know, I, I just don't think they, they look great, uh, you know, for a $10 million coach, uh, uh, 10 million a year, you know, he's kind of got off to, to kind of a slow start, but I mean, it, it, it's very early. He's, he's in the hunt. They really haven't, you know, they haven't played uh, a ranked team until Tennessee is the first ranked team they're going to play. Uh, Mississippi state was not ranked when they, when they played. So this is a huge game. Even if he doesn't win it, it's a, it's a huge game just to see how they play against the number eight team in the country. Well, let's talk about the game you're going to cover between Texas A&M and Alabama. There is a report out that Bryce Young will not play. Jalen Milrow will start for Alabama. One report. Haven't seen it anywhere else yet. But if that's the case, Alabama suddenly becomes more of a running team as opposed to going through the air with Bryce Young. Does that give A&M a chance to keep this thing close? Or do you see that 24-and-a-half-point line as something more realistic for this game? Well, I think taking Texas A&M in the 24 points is a solid bet to, to win some money. Um, Texas A&M has a very good defense. 
even if Bryce Young was playing, I think it would they would keep the score down a little bit because you know Alabama struggled offensively with with Texas, um, and and the fact that they're starting a redshirt freshman quarterback most likely in Jalen Milrow, I, I think that just helps tennis Texas A and M's chances uh, better because th- their defense is is really good now. A and M has problems on offense as, as well, but but I think Texas A and M is going to keep this game close. And, and it's amazing. It's the exact same scenario as last year. AM was looking terrible. They had just lost to Mississippi State. They had another loss, and they went in and and uh, and beat Alabama. And nobody saw that happening. That was in College Station. It's the same kind of thing this year. Only Bryce Young might not play. So I think the Aggies are going to surprise some people tomorrow. Let Let's reverse the. If not, it's not if you lose, it's how you lose here. At- if they go on the road tomorrow and get destroyed by Alabama, $90 million buyout, do the boosters start to get energized to actually spend that type of money? No, because the fact that the, he has a $90 million buyout means that Texas people have all kind of money. So I, I don't think that really matters to them. And, and um, you know, their, their schedule lightens up after Alabama, they got South Carolina, they got Auburn, they got UMass, they got LSU, Florida. You know, they could win most of those games. They have Ole Miss. I would think Ole Miss probably win that game. So if he loses tomorrow and, and loses bad, um, you know, it'll it'll be hot again. But but he's got a chance to still survive and have his typical eight-win season, uh, which is getting kind of old. But I, I don't think – I don't think Jimbo's going to be in any trouble at this point. I, I think he's going to finish good enough to to get another year and another chance. And you know this great recruiting class he had in February of 2022. They're only true freshmen right now, so he, he's going to get that chance to see if those guys can develop. I think Lane Kiffin said it best after the the win over Kentucky in the post game interview, where he said five and zero. Oh, all right, and that was about it. Uh, that here's Ole Miss once again. They're in the Sugar Bowl a year ago, Glenn. They're five and zero to start this season. They just beat a highly ranked Kentucky team at home. Uh, how good is this Ole Miss team? And when you factor in they're winning again, and once again Lane Kiffin is complaining about something at Ole Miss. This time it's his student section leaving the game early. It, it leads me to believe there's going to be some more wanderlust with with Lane Kiffin this next offseason and this next coaching hiring cycle. Am I wrong to believe that? You know, I, I thought he might get a job last year, you know, but it, it, it seems yeah, like people are just, uh, people are a little wary of, of Lane because of some past issues he's had at USC, left Tennessee after a year. You know, he's, he's still got some credibility issues. He was my number one choice to be the LSU coach last year. People get that wrong because I credited Billy Napier earlier this season, but really I, I, my coaches were Lane Kiffin and Lincoln Riley to get the LSU job because they were true offensive coordinators. And he, he's an offensive genius. Lane Kiffin is, and Ole Miss has a light schedule. I mean, Kentucky should have won that game. Ole Miss was pretty fortunate. Now, now they got Vanderbilt, they got uh, Auburn, they got LSU, A&M. Uh, they, they do have Alabama, Later, they're at Arkansas and they got Mississippi State. I mean, they, they have a chance to win 10 games again and, uh, and, and you know, and have a good postseason or, or bowl game. So I would think Lane would be a hot commodity again. And, and sooner or later, especially when you look at some of the guys who get NFL head coaching jobs, 
Lane is much more qualified than a lot of those guys. And uh, I, I think sooner or later he's going to get an NFL job. Glenn, uh, Georgia and Auburn is – I know this is kind of an echo chamber here. Is this the week where we see Georgia <laughs> look like Georgia after the last three weeks? Oh, I thought you were going to ask, is this the week, Brian? Well, well I was going to ask that leads, as a follow-up. It leads to that, I think. <laughs> if, if Georgia is Georgia, then that's the topic on Monday. If it's not, then – we, we, we discussed the Bulldogs and whether or not they're anywhere close to what they were a year ago. Well, you know, Georgia's coming off two pretty weak games. I mean, they they played they, – they didn't beat Kent State that impressively two weeks ago, and then they almost got beat by Missouri. But playing Auburn still means a lot to, to Georgia people and to Georgia. So I think they'll straighten themselves out and just really give Auburn a major whooping this Saturday. And then what of Harson? Uh, well, you know, it's like Trey Wallace wrote earlier this week. You know, it's like Groundhog Day every week with Brian Harson for a year now. You think he's going to get fired uh, every week. But let's see. They they uh, they go to Ole Miss, and then they have an open week. So, you know, if he gets blown out by Georgia, he'd probably get blown out by Ole Miss, I would I would think. Then, then they could make the move and have an open week open week to get the interim coach settled. But, I mean, it really doesn't matter, uh, you know, what, whether you fire him this week or, or next week. And if you fire a coach early, it doesn't always mean you get the best coach out there either. It's, it's not like first come, first serve. No. Uh, maybe they could actually save some money at Auburn. And I know that never really enters the picture, but, you know, with each week, his buyout does go down a little bit. So, Maybe they could actually save some money and and let them finish because you know that. So what? what what's the interim coach going to do anyway? You know. So I, I don't not think not be Brian Harson. Well, that, that's it, his well, major I, I, thing. So. I, I, I maybe see, so. I, I picture Brian Harson just in his office, just refreshing the Southwest page to see flights to Boise to see how much they are. <laughs> Just every week, yeah. just one after the other. When can I get back to Boise? Because they're having a tough time, and he could go right back. But it is interesting with, with a coach like Harson in that he's going to have an opportunity to get a good job at that level because I think a lot of people are going to view this as sabotage at Auburn and not yeah. really his undoing, yeah. that he's done the best he can and he's fighting forces from within. Exactly, especially the schools on the West Coast. They're going to say, oh, look yeah. at those weird people in the SEC and Auburn is the weirdest of them, you know, and they took one of our guys. He's really, he's really better than that. And uh, so I could see him landing on his feet. I mean, so did Gus Malzahn, but but he did a lot better than than Brian. But uh, I, I think Brian should do what Ed Orgeron did, just, you know, mail it in and, and get the money. I mean, Ed handled it best. He didn't really care if they won or lost the, the last few games he coached. Of course, he knew he that, that was more set. They, they fired him and let him finish, whereas Harson's still out there twisting in the wind. But he's going to make some money. Win or lose, these guys get paid, and uh, in many cases, paid to fail. Glenn, um, without Will Levis, does South Carolina beat Kentucky? No, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think – I think South Carolina is a weak team. I think Kentucky can beat South Carolina with whoever plays quarterback, handing the ball off and, and, and playing good defense. And and really, Kentucky would have won last week without a couple of – Kind of freakish fumbles by Levis, really. Great opportunity defense by Ole Miss, but still, Kentucky was in was in position to win that game. Uh, and I, I think they'll handle South Carolina somewhat easily. 
Glenn Gilbo at LSU Beat Tweets, where you can follow him on social. You can read his work at Outkick.com and uh, the uh, great coverage that he'll have in Tuscaloosa as Alabama hosts Texas A&M. Glenn, thank you as always. We'll catch up soon. Enjoy the college football weekend, man. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Enjoy. Glenn. There's Glenn Gilbo. And, uh, of course, Trey Wallace will have you covered with Tennessee and LSU in Baton Rouge. Coming up, we've got you covered. We go through the top NFL games as they kick off on Monday night. And we'll, of course, recap the top games from, well, it wasn't a top game last night. We'll recap last night and lead you into Sunday's kickoff You know, as well. Denver's playing primetime again? Yeah, fourth time in five weeks. Unbelievable. Or six weeks And that, you know what next Thursday night is? Chicago, my my beloved oh, Bears against the Commanders. Well, they, they were joking Michael's about being that. Heaven again. They were joking about that last night when they showed the promo for that. It's like, oh, gonna have more great offense I next think, week between those two. People need to keep in mind: every single team has to be on Thursday night football. That's a rule. So if you're gonna bitch about you know the the games with Denver, discuss the Sunday and Monday games and not Thursday because last night was their game. Yeah, they had it, to be. It, on. It's more of a. It's because it's a requirement. They have to be on. It's 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 kind of a. Do you just go two birds <laughs> with one stone with two teams like that? Now I'm surprised no, Amazon. I'm, I'm not paid on, that much for that with the rule existing, but the rule has to exist because you have to balance out the schedule with the short rest. Yeah, because there's a competitive advantage yeah. at some point. Um, but it's not. I mean, Denver is at some point during the season they'll be on Thursday night. So. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, Denver's expected they, to be good. They, they, Chicago's uh, not expected to be good. Yeah. Well, Chicago pulls numbers though. Yeah, because they they, they pull third they market. pull good numbers. And I would also like Denver expected to be good. I I wish we could build in a uh, a flexible schedule for a premium game. Not Thursday night. I'm saying Sunday night game. Whatever the matchup might be. If you want to say Monday, that's fine too. Whatever the premium price is to flex out of certain games. The people com- complain about the NFL scheduling this. The networks create their request Control list, yeah. and they wanted this. Flexible flex- flexibility was rumored to be coming for Monday night. So that, um, that's not out of the realm of possibility what, in the near what, future. But you have the flex option moving forward, like after Thanksgiving for Sunday night. But right now, Make you don't have earlier. it this yeah. early. I'm saying just throughout, if they're going to if they're going to pay the, the money. Well, the thing pay. is that Fox and CBS really value that late Sunday afternoon window, too. And there's a premium on that that we Chad, don't the really... issue is there are, what, how many other games well, the, uh, that'll be better uh, than last look, night? Let's, let's not... All of them. Let's not avoid the issue from <laughs> last night. Last night was just pathetic coaching mixed with pathetic quarterback yeah. play. You had something so on the Colts left NFL there. quarterbacks should just be better. Oh, yeah. So that's I, what we need. I think we look back on the Colts. The, the, I mean, Kansas City gifting them that win... Saved and right. then last night with the field goal opportunity to win in overtime, like the, we will look back on those two wins, and you know we're there won't be a ton of discussion in December about September for them, as long as they finish. Last year they start zero and three, and if they just beat the Raiders and the Jags, they're going to the postseason with Carson Wentz. One of them. One of them. And I, I think we'll look back on this stretch where they were gifted some victories, and even the tie is going to factor in. I think they're the Pittsburgh of this year's team, but this year's season where they get in as a bad team as the seventh seed because of the division and because of their early season stretch where they weren't 
good by any means, but they won. Well, the division, I don't know, is, is that much help. They've already tied the Texans and lost to the Jags and the Titans. But those are their next two games, though. So I don't know how much of a boost they're getting out of the I, division. I just I, I view last night as a swing game for either organization, and they fly back. They shouldn't be happy. They flew back knowing that they had uh, a couple wins and at least a tie to where you're a half game ahead of someone if you're competing against them for yeah. a final spot. Chad's got him eliminated already, right? Yeah. I don't uh, blame him for that either. Uh, like, yeah. I've got the Raiders I'll have him eliminated sometime soon. I, I, know, wanna, I, I know who else we have eliminated uh, after I want, last night. <laughs> I want both to be relegated to the Mountain West after watching that game last night, both Denver and Indy. Hey, I know we have listeners in radio in Illinois and Missouri, not yep. too far from St. Louis. So those listeners are not going to be happy to hear this, but – the Phillies have scored six Whoa. in the ninth. Still two outs. Six to two, Philly. After trailing two nothing coming into the ninth, they it, there's been an eruption. Six runs. One of them Chad, just coming uh, on a terrible. Your thoughts on your error. your parlay? Parlay's over. It's busted. <laughs> oh, it's busted. <laughs> but I, I'm paying close attention to this because the winner gets the brace. Right. So it looks like Philly, if, as long as they don't give up. Five in the ninth, they're going to be the winner in game one in St. Louis. Some Big. key players missing in some key games this weekend across the NFL. That's next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Big thanks to the entire Outkick crew for making the show happen today. Friday edition, Outkick 360. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Time to preview the NFL games, the top games of the weekend. Let's start in London. Early morning Sunday, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central kickoff, Giants and Packers. So this is the final team in the NFL, the Packers, that will head to London to play a team. And the reason for that is pretty simple. Green Bay never wanted to give up a home game at Lambeau Field. That makes sense. They're selling it out, and they sell it out fast. And the, the opponents never wanted to give up a home game against Green Bay because you're going to put butts in seats. And whenever they added the ninth home game to the schedule, Green Bay, where the NFC has the ninth home game to the schedule this year, they said, okay, this is the year. Let's 
get it over Had with. Had no choice. And now they're here hosting the New York Giants. This is also, I believe, the first game pitting two teams with winning records against each other going into a London now game. Now that's which is that's insane. interesting. That's also telling you how often the Jags play there. <laughs> yeah. And the crappy games they schedule who, for over there. Who like, would have thought the Giants would be one of those two teams yeah. with yeah. a winning record in this game? That's, that's a good point. Uh, Daniel Jones hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since week two. He's been limited in practice, so we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation. And uh, Saquon Barkley has been the offense. He has been fantastic uh, with his overall production. Uh, the run game for Green Bay has also been really good with Aaron Jones and, um, and, and A.J. Dillon. Combined, 538 rushing yards, 31 rushing first downs in the first four games. Some Packers guys have bemoaned, you know, not too seriously, them not going earlier, including Aaron Rodgers, who said he would like to have gone and had a pint of Guinness somewhere, but he understands why Matt LaFleur hasn't taken that approach. When did they leave? Seems fewer He wanted to be a tourist, he said. I think they left yesterday, or flew overnight. Yesterday to today. So that's the same schedule the Titans took when LaFleur was the offensive coordinator here. Yeah. They left on Thursday. And the Titans did not have success. They lost uh, going for a two-point conversion. I wonder if they're practicing at the same castle. Yeah. That's an interesting setup. Yeah. Um, What do you guys think here on this game? It's hard hard to think the Giants continue to uh, to win. I think if if they do win, it'll be in part because they've managed the trip somehow better. I keep thinking with Green Bay, there's going to be sort of an unofficial coming out party offensively yeah. where things start to click a little bit with Rodgers and his new pass-catching targets. Um, sure, why not this game? Giants this, quarterback this is be the game that happens. troubles have to be an issue here. No doubt. And the third down defense. So the Giants have the second best third down defense right now in the NFL, 29% conversion rate for opposing offenses. Green Bay's defense is third best in that category. They only allow um, – well, I didn't even note it here. They only allow a, uh, a slightly higher percentage than the Giants. They're third in the NFL. I should have bent the putt so, put prop. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the third and longs, I trust Green Bay more with Aaron Rodgers, so I would pick Green Bay, but the spread is big at eight points here. Um, quarterback troubles, though, to, to watch. Uh, moving on to Chargers and Browns. You guys know this is one of my upset picks of the weekend. Cleveland at home hosting the Chargers. Chargers lost to the Jags, go on the road, win easily by 10 against Houston, and now travel again to Cleveland. And Jacoby Brissett is known for turning the football over in the fourth quarter. But Cleveland runs the ball so efficiently. like they, they Their offensive line and their run game churn yards, points, and time of possession. That's the game plan here. I took the Brownies at home uh, against the Chargers. I like, I like L.A., but they have not been pressured. Herbert has not been pressured, and in, very rarely is he even hit. I think with a rookie left tackle, and, and who's been playing okay, and the fact that Miles Garrett could play back from the car accident, I, I look at this and think the, the Browns' defense can get after Justin Herbert in this game. And they, can, and, and they do not stop is, the run. How is Herbert's rib cartilage injury? Word is it's settled down, but we don't know. And we've talked about the, you know, if he, t- I think if he takes another hit, I, I would imagine it resurfaces. I, I, that's a wait and so see. I mean, that's for kind me. of the unspoken biggest factor of their entire season. Yes. 
I mean, oh, this is yeah. something that just flares up. Also, every time they he lost gets their hit. left tackle. They lost their stud left tackle, which makes it more likely that he but gets. Uh, it it know, doesn't seem like something okay, that's just going to go away. No. no, is my point. So he's going to get but hit. They, uh, he's going to keep. So is it every time he gets hit, it's going to cause him to have be uncomfortable every time he throws it? I thought Cleveland's defense was going to be better. They're 19th in in points against. That's where I'm concerned for them in in this game. Yeah, they have a they have a pretty good run defense. Um, the Chargers do not. And going back to Herbert, Herbert's thrown just two interceptions this season. He's been sacked only four times through the first four games. 17th so, in rushing yards per game defensively, Cleveland. Um, Miami, currently the second worst pass defense in the NFL through the first four games, having faced 63 pass attempts from Josh Allen and, um, and Lamar Jackson. You've got the Browns right behind them in that regard, too. And that's, a lot of that's based on the big yardage, I think, from the the, the Jets in their comeback win. Uh, moving along, guys. Cowboys-Rams. We know how much um, winning in California means to Jerry Jones. He loves the place out there so much that they take training camp to California. Um, we also know that he loves his current quarterback in Cooper Rush. And the fact he's not turning the football over. The real reason why he's happy with the offense is the defense is elite. They're rushing the passer. Trayvon Diggs is back, turning, creating turnovers, getting picks. Great interception last week. I, I think Dallas on the road here is the way to play this because of the uncertainties of who else steps up other than Cooper Cup. But there's also fascination there because if Stafford and company can turn it around against that defense of Dallas, they have solved a lot of problems that we all have created questions with on can they do this, this, this? Are they back to the same form as a year ago? If they are able to score against Dallas's defense, they can do it against Yeah, Dallas. on paper, it doesn't look good at all. Rams 29th in points scored. Dallas third in yeah. points allowed. Uh, you know, on paper, I, I see exactly why you, you take the but Cowboys. the Rams are favored. <clears throat> Micah Parsons is must-watch uh, defensively. He is terrific. Everywhere. everywhere. And I'll, I'll quote the great Jerry Jones when he said, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something if we had a quarterback controversy at the end of all this? I'll quote the great, great Jerry Rush. Jones. You I, guys have a terrific show. I yeah. listen to you all the time. You great come, reputation. Great reputation. You come in high regard. <laughs> terrific show. Cooper Rush has done a terrific job finding ways to win as a starting quarterback. Things I, are going to get so weird I, there soon. I think they do it again. I think they do it again this, this Sunday. CeeDee Lamb has enjoyed Cooper Rush. Um, and, you know, it's early in the season. But 16 receptions on first down this season, more than any other player in the league. And when they traded Amari Cooper, the idea was CeeDee Lamb had to be a number one guy. That, not to the extent of what we're seeing with uh, Cooper Cup, right? But, like, he needs to be treated like we would see from the marquee quarterback and wide receiver combos. Thus far, the top wide receiver is known. And that's uh, – is Gallup back yet? I mean, that was with Gallup being kind he, of, uh, you know, second he, to him. Yeah, and Gallup. he returned last week, um, and it was okay. But, uh, like, they're, they're getting him, him back in. Yeah, yeah. So. so, I mean, for C.D. Lamb to have done that well without Gallup being much of a part of things, out for the first three at least, uh, you know, that should only get better. Uh, guys, Eagles-Cardinals – Everyone in Philly, and I think if you're previewing this game nationally, not many people are going to talk about the Cardinals. So little that Jalen Hurts had to talk about them on his own because he was not asked about their defense in his media availability this week. 
Five and a half for Philly on the road against the Cardinals that just went on and beat Carolina. I'm not picking the Cardinals here. But I also, I hesitate to say that the, the, the Eagles go on the road and just crush them too. Because I think we will see a Cardinals offense that will try to move the football. They have been talking a lot about getting their tight ends more involved. They have to do that with some of the options they have compared to how they're spreading it around. Because right now they don't have Hopkins back. They've got to wait a couple more weeks. And when he gets back, okay, the wide receivers I think can, can, can mesh well. Right now it's Hollywood Brown who's on the injury report and not much else. I, I think they've got to get their tight ends involved here if they want a chance in the fourth quarter. They've got a- Second quarter defense is crucial. Philly, they've, they've scored a vast majority of points. In the in the second quarter on the season, um, I'll find the note I had in a moment. Arizona it, doesn't high, convert very far. Heavy second quarter points for Philly. Arizona doesn't convert third downs. They're 29th and third downs. I'm surprised by that because usually if you have a guy like Kyler Murray, he's going to yeah. steal you some some third down conversions. Now Philadelphia isn't a tremendous third down defense, but I think if Arizona has any chance to win this game. Uh, it's going to have to do far better on third down than it's been. Yeah. Hutton, I'm surprised that this wasn't one of your upset picks. The way oh. we talked about this game earlier in the cards. week, I thought you might go Cardinals outright no. well, over the Eagles Here's my home. issue with the Cardinals. They, they scored late, not early. They have yet to score in the first quarter this season. They're slow starters. Philly, meanwhile, they boat race you by halftime. So if, if Arizona wants any prayer here, they've got to get their, their other – options involved and actually scheme this up to create some points early and and then just have their speedy defense make some plays i think their defense is capable but their offense has to keep pace here their defense can get a turnover is what i mean i don't think they're shutting down philly's offense by any means but you need to hold them to you know less than 20 points in the second quarter alone that's where they that's where they win games and and hertz has been so efficient with the way he's been playing and so of the wide receivers, let's mention him. A.J. Brown, oh, yeah. Smith, great tandem. Um, and they run it very well. And they're having fun, you know, according yeah. to A.J. Brown. <laughs> Nick Sirianni really lets them express themselves and just be themselves. So much fun. Uh, Bengals and Ravens, Sunday night football. No one's complaining about this matchup. No, this is good. However, um, last, week if, uh, last year, if this were in prime time, you would have seen an average point total by the Bengals of 41 points. That's what they averaged against the Ravens' defense a year ago. That's why Wink Martindale, in part, is no longer the defensive coordinator. And they haven't been much better, especially in, in, in past defense. Marlon Humphrey pointed out this week, he's like, look, we are who we are on that. We're not good. Look at the numbers. They tell you the story. They've got to be better. They get quite the challenge as Cincinnati starts to hit it in gear a bit with what we've seen recently. I like Cincinnati here. I, I, I think they're, they've kind of recovered. What is it? Three sacks over the last two weeks, maybe, uh, or in the last they, game. Yeah, they, they, have, yeah. they have stabilized. They after have stabilized. A disastrous start. And the Ravens, like you said, are a reason that they change. Uh, uh, the, the Bengals are a reason the Ravens changed defensively, but the change defensively has not worked. No. And the stat, um, by the way, is he's been sacked three times over the last two games. Yeah. That's a, an, an enormous improvement over the first couple weeks. Um, I, I take Cincinnati here, and I think this is the beginning of Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati's already started it, but with a divisional win here, 
I think Cincinnati begins to reestablish itself as the team to beat in that division. Hun, you had Lamar Jackson in your column as one of the three MVP names, oh, yeah. right? Yes. I think he further solidifies his status in that top three in this game. He's throwing for two touchdowns, I'll tell you that. Give me, give me the Ravens at home in this yeah, game. They, so they've lost both home games, and they've built massive leads for NFL standards and then allowed the teams to come back and win in the fourth quarter where Jackson has thrown two picks in the fourth quarter against Buffalo, and then we saw the amazing comeback where they were sharing possessions with Miami uh, three weeks ago. Hurts uh, you know, is efficient, and he's also not turning it over late. Lamar Jackson's done that, and if since he can bait him into a few throws late, they're sealing this win. I think this is a great football game. Over under 47 and a half. I think I'd go over there. Yeah, I, I think, think there are going to be some fireworks in this Points game. are going to be scored. Jackson, by the way, when he carries the football, he's averaging 9.7 yards per carry. Um, it very, and he didn't even run all that much in week one against the Jets when you look at his stat line. And uh, Davey pointed this out earlier this week, Davey Hudson, and their two losses, they've trailed by a total of 14 seconds. Like, there's not much to complain about, even though there's a lot to complain about, right? Yeah. With Baltimore. On the uh, Tua concussion stuff, uh, the NFLPA has put out a statement, their board and executive committee. Our union has agreed to change the concussion protocols to protect players from returning to play in the case of any similar incident to what we saw on September 25th. We would like these changes to go into effect before this weekend's games to immediately protect the players and hope the NFL accepts the change before then as well. I and mean, that's the same th- that language. That doesn't seem like there's anything new there, except that they're trying to press the NFL into acting quickly. I thought the gross motor instability thing had already gone into effect. Yeah, based on how they're treating it, they'll approve this quickly. I would say they've already approved it based on how they've treated it. In this. terms of how they're acting, if not yeah. officially. So when, when Wilson... What do you guys think about on the interception? Wilson, he, was, he instigated the contact... That, that had him go into the tent to get checked for the concussion. Whereas his shoulder, he was already banged up on a short week with his throwing shoulder. And he's the one initiating contact from the quarterback And then spot. he just came out of the tent and kind of went down the bench in yeah, his but, but he had made, he, coat. He, but there was no impact on the play. It's like almost he saw someone that he could go and hit, so he did. And I'm thinking, there's no reason for that. You're not going to make your way over to the ball carrier. I thought it was, it was very odd. interesting that they showed... Uh, a collection of doctors and trainers looking, looking at, at the video on the side of the tent. I wish they had identified who was who. Well, the red like, hat's the, the independent guy. Okay, yeah. I, I know that now. But also, I wish they identified who else was who. This is the the Denver doctor. This is these are trainers. Yeah. Um, but We're that was a, that a lot more. That was an interesting window into the well, process. That's what it looks like to that, watch them watch it. That's it. Like the, they will look at that tape. And it all, it all comes from the guy upstairs, the eye in the sky. They call down. And if, it's, if the guy's on the field, they will pull him off. We saw that last night, too. Um, if he's on the sideline, they're just looking at it until there's a chance he could go back in. So he threw the pick. They're looking at it. They cleared him. And then they go back to the film. They were to looking at it after look at he was it out further, of the tent, right? Yeah, to, to base it off what... They they just tested him for right like the Do we need to series of things and then look at it again when they had more time to assess it. Yeah, it's that was a good I, job by Amazon. Yeah, and I think that's how they that's how they would 
do it on a, any given week is how I would describe what we saw last night. I, it's over-scrutinized now because it's... I mean, we saw it on the... What was the first play of the game with with the running back? When you were doing Titan sideline, was that video oh, yeah, screen? Hines was out for the game. It was one of the first plays. It was the first drive for Indy. When you were doing Full, Titan sideline, was that video screen in a position like that? Yeah, it's, it, on, yeah, it's on the back of the cart. Or they would have a, a, a separate setup for them. But it's it's through the team's video organization. Please. You know, like they can pull it up just no, no different than a player can to watch something. But it's not somewhere where I could see it from the press box. I don't um, feel like. No, you should be able to. Yeah, I need to yeah, do you a should better be able job to. watching that. Um, because it's on both sidelines with the same type of setup. Kind of on the backside of the tent. Yeah, yeah. Or it, right next to it. Report coming down from Sports Business Journal just now breaking. The Pac-12's exclusive negotiating window with ESPN and Fox Sports has ended Without a deal, the conference can now take its media rights to the open market. This comes after a report that ESPN's offer to the Pac-12 was embarrassingly low, apparently. So what who now? It doesn't matter. I don't. I mean, now they have, they're in a, they're in a how, tough how do you spot leverage now? another network now? Yeah, I mean, ESPN is the best late night TV outlet ESPN for any sport. And Fox are both out. So streaming service. <laughs> Yeah, but even that, like, uh, their leverage just—they went just, away. Yeah, the 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 timetable's up on their leverage. Unless they can get Apple and Prime Video into a, a, a battle war. with each other, yeah, maybe. I mean, that's that's probably their best route now. So ESPN's basically saying it's better for us to get to Sports Center and our highlight shows than it is to show another game. I think that they could do a um, right. They could get CBS on board too with like one game a week, you know, late at night, on maybe CBS a night game. But. Yeah, it's. I, I think this means streamer. Should also mention uh, Mac good. Jones questionable or doubtful. Doubtful, doubtful uh, based on the high ankle injury. So we'll see. We'll see uh, the rookie get the start, first career start. A little Western Kentucky action. There we go. Bailey Zappi. I'm gonna uh, add him to my fantasy that. team right now. That's probably better than Derek Carr. That's a that's a quiet good game now, because the Jets are coming off a win. They've got their guy back. And he, he, he was able to heat up in Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter where he only threw two incomplete passes, led two scoring drives, including the game-winning drive. That's an interesting one to watch on the road at New England. Taking the Jets. Especially with the rivalry between the organizations now. Yeah. And Bailey Zappi playing quarterback. It'll mean a lot to the Jets if they can win And if Bailey Zappi crushes them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> devastating. Not good. We get you our picks for the week in college and pro. Get you ready for all the kickoffs next on Outkick 360. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Paul, you are headed to the nation's capital, and then you'll drive somewhere to... 
to the stadium. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where that is. You uh, put that into the yeah. the phone and you follow Fly to rural you do what Maryland. You're told. How do you feel about the matchup for the Titans against the Commanders? I think on it's Sunday? pretty good. I think it's pretty good, but I think people nobody's like mentioned McLaurin and Samuels as as threats. And Samuel's uh, on the injury report. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's obviously good that the, the rookie, Dotson, is out for them. But, I mean, nobody's mentioned this as, like, uh, any reason to fear for the Titans. And this, we know this is not a great version of the Titans' teams right. and that they have a propensity to play poorly against bad teams. So I, I feel good about them, but nothing's unheard of as far as Tennessee Titans are concerned. Quick passing game. They, they still give up a ton of sacks. And they, you know, they want the yards after catch with McLaurin. They've they've done okay getting him in the football. And uh, offensively, they use a lot of different running backs. Yeah, so, and the, most of them are pass catchers yes, more than yes. uh, more than runners. Here's one thing: Simmons and Autry should have a field day against the interior guys for Washington. And Wentz has been sacked 17 times. So while the Titans are hurting at outside linebacker. Pressure up the middle could be enough against yeah. Wentz, and they've forced three turnovers last week. Chad, who are you picking? I think the Titans get it done. Um, it, it's, it's. I mean, we know the thing; they play down to their competition constantly. But I feel like this that Win and Indy started a stretch for the Titans where they're gonna they're gonna do a little bit of damage. Wentz is averaging four and a half yards per attempt. Right. <laughs> Just tackle and you win the game. Like I think the only way the Titans lose on the road is if they lose the game. The commanders don't win it. You yeah, hand it to them. And they have to let up some massive plays, um, which they're capable. They get Ugo Amadi back, yeah. one of the corners, but Caleb Farley is questionable. That may not be a bad thing the way Caleb Farley is played. Um, but, I, I mean, mean, he played he played you, a reasonable amount of snaps last week. Are you staying in D.C., you said? I'm staying in Georgetown. Nice. That's a little haul, though, to that stadium, I feel Everything like. in Washington is a haul to yeah, that it's stadium. Not, it's not convenient. It's not a great stadium. It's convenient to the airport. Are there hotels close to the stadium? I have no idea. (laughs) I'm just, I'm curious. I've never heard of anyone going and, hey, let's let's go get a spot in the Ramada. You want to stay near a stadium. You want to stay near the airport or in the city. Or in the city. Anywhere. Yep. Well, unless you're someone, you know, driving in for the game and wanting to stay close to, you're going to the game. Yeah, walking to the game. That's Uh, not me. Washington has surrendered an NFL best 12 plays of 30 yards or more. And 10 of those have been pass plays. So the explosion for the Titans is with Derrick Henry. And by best, you mean worst? No, I mean best. Like their, their defense has not allowed many of the oh, top 12 plays. is a good number. Yeah, and Cooper Rush hit on three of them last week, though. So surely they can scheme up some numbers, uh, some explosions against this defense. If they do, they come back three and two, and, you know, all is well. If ladies not, and, a lot of questions. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. The weekend is here. Finally, Enjoy the great football. We'll recap it all on Monday across the Outkick Network. Outkick 360 starts at 3 Eastern on Monday. Don't block the box, but please, please lock your locks. See ya!